Happy Nurses Week to all the nurses and future nurses listening. To celebrate, I'm having a 20% off sale on Study Sesh. This is my private podcast that features over 140 episodes to help you study on the go. Formats include pod quizzes, power hour deep dives, drills, and case studies. If you're tired of sitting at your desk or staring at a screen, but still want to review for nursing school, it's time to check out Study Sesh. Go to straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in that top menu bar. That's straightanursingstudent.com and click on Courses in the menu bar. See you there. Well, hello there. Welcome back. I'm Nurse Mo, and this is the Straight A Nursing Podcast, where I teach nursing concepts and share tips on how to thrive in school and at the bedside. Before we do that, let's take a quick minute for our listener shout out. And this one goes out to Kaylee. And Kaylee says this, I'm super thankful for your podcasts. I wish before my first clinical day, I would have known you existed. At midterm, I was failing with a 72%. And within two weeks of listening to your podcast and using Study Sesh, I aced my next two exams with an 88 and a 98% and can officially say I passed my first HESI exam with a 919. I'm officially moving on to my second semester of nursing school. I will continue to use your podcast and recommend them to other students. They definitely have saved me the last few weeks. Thank you. Well, Kaylee, thank you right back at you. I'm so proud of you for getting in there and sticking with it and doing the hard work and totally turning your grades around. I'm hopeful that you'll move into second semester feeling way more confident and believing that you can and you will graduate from nursing school. So if you're curious what Kaylee is talking about, she's obviously talking about this podcast. She's also talking about my other podcast called Study Sesh, and I will put a link to Study Sesh in the episode notes so that you can check it out. Or you can just go to straightanursingstudent.com and click on courses in the top menu bar and you'll go to a page and you can find all the amazing details right there. So as we head into the spring, a lot of you are graduating soon or have just graduated and are out there landing your first jobs. And you might have a lot of questions about how to navigate a job offer. So since I'm not an expert in this, I'm bringing in an expert today. Today, we have Amanda Gornieri from the Resume Rx sharing a ton of great tips on how to navigate a job offer. So let's dive into the interview. Okay, Amanda, thank you again so much for being on the podcast. Last time we talked, we talked a lot about making a resume and kind of getting to that point where they're looking for a job. Now let's talk about what happens next when they get a job offer for a lot of nurses, this might be like their first like professional job offer that they're having to navigate. So I guess the first question I have is how's the job market looking from what I'm seeing? It's a complete 180 from when I graduated when there were no jobs, right? So it looks like students are getting offers pretty consistently. Am I hearing that right? 
Yes. So first of all, thanks so much for having me back. I'm excited to kind of continue our conversation from before. And yes, I'm seeing what you're seeing. It's definitely a a nurse's market, so to speak, which is definitely good news because it means that hopefully you who are listening can kind of take your time to see what's out there, explore what you're interested in. You don't have to take the first offer that you get. It's really, you know, you have the the advantage, I'll say. Right. And they're probably, you know, in many cases, looking at multiple job offers and how do I make sense of this and what what do I do? So thank you for helping give them some insight into this because I... I'm not the person. So I'm glad I've got an expert here for that. So I guess maybe like a high level overview of what a job offer process looks like. We'll start there. Sure. So so usually you'll have an interview, right? And so really the the unknown is what happens after the interview. Right. And the first thing that you can probably expect to hear is what's called a verbal offer. So someone might call you or even send you an email and give you a verbal offer mm-hmm. of the position. So it it may say, you know, congratulations, we'd like to offer you the position. Here's the salary. Usually when they give a verbal offer, it's pretty minimal information. It's usually okay. just the, the numbers, usually just the salary details. Mm-hmm. And what they're looking for is a verbal confirmation usually yes or no before they present to you the entire offer which would have not just the salary but the benefits the start date all the other details Mm -hmm. of the compensation package okay so that's usually the first step and then after that you know usually what you can say is yes that looks great i'm looking forward to reviewing the entire offer and then after that is when you will get something that's more formal in writing, mm-hmm. usually on some sort of letterhead. And this can this comes via email. It's even though it's on letterhead, it, it doesn't come in the mail. It comes via email. Uh, and it'll usually have an expiration date. So they're looking for a response by okay, a particular that's good to know. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I've heard students have asked before, like they're they're they've gotten a verbal or even like gone to that step you just mentioned, but they're also kind of holding out for something else, like waiting for Mm -hmm. another interview to come back. And that's the one they really want. So then they feel like, well, I feel kind of stuck. Should I, what do I tell these other people? So it's good to know that there is kind of a time frame. And if there isn't, let's say there isn't a time frame attached to that. What would be a tactful way to manage an offer from your B choice when you're waiting for the A choice to come through. And maybe they're emailing you to say, hi, have you thought about our offer? And you're starting to feel a little bit of that pressure. Yeah. So that can be one of the trickiest situations to navigate Mm -hmm. because sometimes you might end up letting a job offer pass you by without knowing whether you have another one to rely on. So that can be really tricky. I think there are a few things that you can do. The first being to decide what type of time frame you want to ask for or, or mm-hmm. the expectation you want to set. So if you get an offer from job B and you know that you're still waiting to hear back on job A, you can respond and, and thank them for the offer and say, 
you can, you don't even have to say that you're considering other right. offers. You can, um, but you could say, um, thank you so much for this generous offer. Uh, I will get back to you by, you know, a certain date, which usually shouldn't be much more than a week. Okay. Ideally, that's kind of like the, the time frame that's appropriate um, for you to consider an offer. So what that does is it buys you some time to then follow up with job number A and say, listen, I have this other offer, but I really want to work for you. <laughs> is there is there something coming down the pipeline? And, and, and best case scenario, those timelines work out. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they don't. Maybe you haven't even interviewed for job A yet. Maybe you have the interview scheduled but it's for next week. Then yes. that puts you in a tough situation and you got some decisions to make. You just, you have to roll the dice on that one <laughs> a little <laughs> yes. bit, a little bit. Okay. So yeah, when I graduated, there was none of that. It was 5,000 applicants for the job that I interviewed for it was absolutely insane. Luckily I got that offer, but if I had gotten another offer, I would have taken it because yeah. it was it was to the point where m- people in my cohort we're not getting jobs wow. for a really long time and then starting to get concerned because the next cohort was going to be graduating soon. And then now we're even more flooded. So I'm so happy right. that the the nurses graduating now have just a wider range of opportunities and the ball's kind of in their court. So that's, that's good news for them. Okay, so you get the verbal offer. Is it okay to accept verbally and then resend that. How do you do that? And is that going to create ill will or is there a way to do it so that you're not completely slamming a door shut? Yeah, so this can be a little bit of a delicate dance when it comes to communication. I think that it is totally fine to accept a verbal offer. Uh, in, but But the way that you accept it is what's important. Okay. Right, so you can say... Um, yes, I'm definitely interested in moving forward in this position. I look forward to seeing the entire offer letter or the entire compensation package because you have other things to consider Mm -hmm. other than the dollar amount per hour or the salary amount per year. Mm -hmm. And, And I don't advise anyone make a big decision just based on that. So I think that most HR departments understand that you're going to need to consider the whole package. And you may come back with questions, you may come back with negotiations, or you may decide that that total offer does not work for you. Okay. Um, so you you basically need to give this kind of micro yes to move forward in it's the process. Kind of a contingent yes. Totally, yes. Okay. It's, a, it's a contingent yes. And and there's a tactful way to, to say that, which is using the language that I you know, gave as an example, right. which is just that you expect to see the whole package so that you can consider the offer in its entirety before signing on the dotted line. Okay. So you're kind of, you're just setting up that expectation from the first time you communicate about it. Definitely. Okay. So how about this? I've got a job offer. I've got the verbal. I've got the written. Is this set in stone? What can I do as the prospect, if there's something I maybe want to negotiate. So I definitely encourage anyone and everyone to try to negotiate. Um, There's kind of this false narrative out there that new grads can't negotiate or shouldn't negotiate. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't see why not. It's not, it's almost never going to hurt you. It's very, very rare that an offer would be rescinded just because you attempted to negotiate. Um, And it's totally okay 
to attempt to negotiate. And if they say no, you can still accept the job. Like all of that is totally, totally fine. Um, So you can do one of two things. If you know 100% that you have a certain requirement salary-wise, or you really want to ask for, you know, more PTO or whatever it is that you have your heart set on, you can jump into negotiation conversations right away. Mm -hmm. Or if you are a little bit hesitant and want to take a step back from that, you can simply ask, is this negotiable? Okay. So just asking that question and then being silent if it's on the phone or not adding any additional information on an email, just kind of you know, uh, say thank you, of course. Thank you so much for this generous offer. I've had time to um, look it through. Can you tell me, is this negotiable? And, and see what, see what you find out. Right. Um, It might open a conversation. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the best case scenario. You know, there are certainly some instances where offers aren't negotiable and that can happen in places with uh, nursing unions that where things are pretty much set in stone or kind of very regimented pay scales. And, you know, in that scenario, it's just good to have the information, but it doesn't hurt to ask if there's any wiggle room. Right. The answer is always no if you don't ask, right? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So let me see. I wrote down some questions in advance. Let me see. Okay, what about negotiating start date? Is that ever a possibility? A lot of times students will be like, well, I've got a vacation planned in a few weeks and I'd love to start after that. Yeah, I think that that is totally fine. Very Mm -hmm. often negotiable. I've personally done that more Mm -hmm. than once. I think that if they... If they want you, if they, you know, are are writing up an offer because they believe in you as a strong candidate, honestly, a couple days, a couple weeks likely isn't going to make a huge difference. Right. I don't think that you can negotiate a start date, you know, several months from when they want you to start. (laughs) Can I I go to Europe for six months? (laughs) Would be fabulous. (laughs) And if you want to go to Europe for six months, please do it. Um, just maybe start applying for jobs when you get back right. or from <laughs> exactly. abroad b- before you get back. Um, but but yeah, you definitely uh, often have wiggle room when it comes to the start date. And the only thing that might be set in stone is some hospital systems only start people on, you know, the first Monday of the month or right. the first Monday after the 15th of the month, something like that. So um, there may be some rules in that regard, but definitely ask if it's something that you need or want. Right. That's how my hospital is. They have, they'll have all the new hires from every discipline come through like mm-hmm. a orientation together, but they do it every, like every other month or, or so. So there's always like an opportunity to like push things back a little bit. Okay. Let's talk about red flags. So what would be some things either in an interview process or a job offer process that should set off kind of your spidey sense that maybe this might not be the position for you? Yeah. So there are definitely some things to be aware of. I think in terms of the interview process, I really encourage you to just kind of tune into the the vibe and the energy of the people that you're speaking with. You know, do they seem happy? Does this seem like a 
supportive environment. Like I always recommend getting somewhere a little bit early so that you can just be a fly on the wall in the hallways, on your walk to wherever your interview actually is. See, are you being greeted by people? Are people smiling? That can tell you a lot about kind of the organizational culture as Mm -hmm. a whole. Um, And just observe a little bit. You know, if you if you arrive early, listen outside of the door. Are people, you know, using friendly <laughs> voices, that type of thing versus yeah. is everyone really stressed and on Tense, edge and yeah. that type of thing? Like mm-hmm. read into that and and, you know, use that information as as you see fit. Mm-hmm. Um in the interview itself, I think that sometimes it's a red flag when they don't ask you enough questions about yourself. So I was in an interview once where Uh, I applied for the job. They called me very quickly for an interview. I showed up and um, basically it was very informal in the sense that they didn't have any questions prepared for me. They had my resume in front of them, but basically they just started talking about the job and went on and on and on about the job. I hardly said anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And they basically said, how does it sound? I asked a few questions and they're like, great, we can write up a contract. So that had a few red flags for me because it told me that there was some sort of desperation there that they didn't want to take the time to really learn who they were interviewing and see if I was a good fit for them. Um, So that's definitely something that sent off my spidey senses. Mm -hmm. Sometimes being offered the job on the spot Sometimes it's totally fine, but sometimes that can be a red flag too. You just kind of have to pick up on, okay, is this a place that has having a staffing crisis and needs as many warm bodies as possible? If you're picking up on that, that's probably not going to be the most supportive environment, especially for a a new new grad. Yeah, you're going to get pulled off orientation early, 100% guaranteed. Definitely. Definitely. So that's when you really want to have those questions in your back Mm -hmm. pocket about, have you had new grads on your unit before? What does orientation look like? Will I be paired with an experienced preceptor? These types of questions will be really helpful for you to pick up on any red flags because hopefully they have very clean answers to those questions. And if they're kind of mumbling and fumbling over what they're saying, then they they don't have a plan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. you know, you can try to parse out whether the unit has a lot of staff turnover. Um, sometimes it can feel like a little bit of a, um, I don't know, a, a tense question to say, what's the turnover of your staff? I wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily approach it um, that way. But you can ask questions like, you know, how many positions do you have open? Tell me how Mm -hmm. this job was vacated. And if it's like, oh, someone retired after working on our floor for 20 years, that's a great sign, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Um, I always think that when there are more seasoned, older nurses in an organization who have worked there for a long time, that's a very, very green flag. Um, So I think that's definitely um, good to know versus... If you learn that the whole staff has fewer than two years of nursing experience, that's a red flag. That would be a tough place to work. That would be a Definitely. really tough environment to learn in. And and for the nurses trying to to precept you, they're not ready for that role yet. It's just going to create so much stress and chaos. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I definitely agree. So I think those are probably my biggest things to be aware of. Um in the interview process, for sure. Okay, fantastic. So what have I not asked about job offers or 
negotiating or navigating that process? Anything that you can think of that we didn't touch on? Yeah, I think that there's um, a stage in between either the interview and the offer Mm -hmm. or the offer and the acceptance that's an option for folks that I want to suggest. And that's asking for the opportunity to shadow. Um, I think this goes underutilized, but can really, really be helpful kind of both ways to figure out if it's a good fit for you and Mm -hmm. if you're a good fit for the department. So sometimes this is offered. And if it's offered, I would 100% take advantage of it. Okay. If if you've been offered a job and you don't really have a good feel about the unit, like maybe for some job offers, you, you know, worked there as a student or had a rotation there and you're kind of familiar, but if you're really not familiar at all and you want to know what the day-to-day looks and feels like on a particular department, after you get an offer, ask if you can come in for two to four hours for okay. a, sh- a shadow shift, quote unquote, um, and see what they see what they say. I, I think that it would definitely be a green flag if they say, "Yeah, no problem, sounds great," and they get you set up to mm-hmm. come in. If they seem really opposed to the idea, then I would be a little bit curious as to why. Uh-huh. But it's something that I definitely encourage you to take advantage of if you're ever given the opportunity. And if you're not directly given it, you know, try to ask for it. Okay. I think that's great. I would not have thought to do that. So that's, that is awesome. Um, anything else I, before we start diving into what you do and what you offer for students? Um, the only other thing that I wanted to say is about job offers. And okay. we touched on this a little bit, but at the beginning, but I want you to consider a job offer in its entirety. And, you know, a lot of people just focus in on that number, right? The dollar per hour or the salary per year. And I just want to encourage you, especially if this is your first time reviewing job offers mm-hmm. like this, to review the entire offer and get familiar with it. Get familiar with what an offer includes, um, kind of learn the definitions of a PTO and mm-hmm. uh, CME time and retirement benefits and familiarize yourself with those concepts because there are so many parts of the job offer that is still money in your pocket. Right. It may not be money in your pocket right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be money in your pocket in the future. And all that's still really important. Mm-hmm. As an example, I one of my first jobs as an NP was kind of a lower salary job, but it was working at a university and they had something like a 12% salary um, retirement benefit. And it wasn't even a match. I didn't have to put anything in. They automatically gave me 12% of my annual salary into a retirement account every year. That's that's amazing. Yeah, that's That's a huge benefit. Yeah, I can't take it out right now. I can't pay my bills with it right now. But when I retire, you know, that's that's amazing chunk of money. So I definitely want your listeners to consider this um, because it's so easy just to kind of see the shiny um, the shiny numbers um, at the top without actually digging into what the offer is as a whole. Okay, very very good tip. Yeah, future Amanda will be really happy what. past Amanda did with that that position, (laughs) for sure. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about what you do now. I know you're a nurse practitioner, but you also have this really cool other thing that you do so that my listeners can know about that. Yeah, so I am the founder of The Resume Rx. You can find me 
at the resume rx on Instagram or the resume rx.com on the web. And yeah, I really love helping nurses find land and love your dream jobs. So all of my resources surround that journey. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of free resources on my website, blog posts, hundreds of podcast episodes of my own, as well as some paid programs and offerings. I'm most well known for my template bundle, my resume template bundle, which is a pack of six beautifully designed resume templates specifically for nursing professionals. So definitely stop on by, poke around, search for uh, a question or a topic, and chances are I have created something for you around (laughs) that topic. That's how I feel. Students have questions and I'm like, pretty sure I've talked about that. Yes, go to the website. Okay, so that's the resume. Is it the resume rx? Yes. Our resume rx.com. And then I'll put a link because I have a link straight to your template bundle and all of that. And I'll put that into the episode notes and on my website. So thanks, Amanda. This was super helpful. I know that students and, and new grads are going to get a lot of a really great value out of kind of now they understand what a job offer is like. Hopefully they have less stress and anxiety about that whole process. Yes, that's the goal. Thanks so much for having me back. So there you have it. Hopefully those tips from Amanda really help you feel like, yeah, I could totally navigate a job offer now. And if you need any extra help with your resume and cover letters and all of those things, her website, The Resume Rx, is a wealth of information. Plus, she offers some resume templates. I will, again, put the link to those in the episode notes. And then we'll be back to our regular scheduled programming next week, diving into Huntington's disease. So I hope to see you back here for that. See you then. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing. 